This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 102, for our preview of Gotham Season 4, A Dark Knight. This is Victoria Cartagena. I play Renee Montoya on Gotham. Hey, this is Andrew Stewart-Jones. I play Christmas Allen on Gotham. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor. I'm David Mazuz. Hey, Gotham TV podcast listeners. This is Maggie Gia, otherwise known as Poison Ivy. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV podcast. Welcome back, fellow Gothamites and detectives. Uh, this is our 102nd episode of Gotham TV podcast, where we are previewing Season 4, entitled A Dark Knight. I am one of your hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Derek. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. So there's not that long to go till the Season 4 arrives here on the 21st of September, mm-hmm. uh, Thursday. Remember, bookmark it. It is Thursdays from now on, uh, not the Mondays that we have been used to for the previous three seasons. Yeah, no more Gotham Mondays anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the hashtag no Gotham Mondays. Hashtag doesn't work as well as Gotham Thursdays, but hey, we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. Thursdays <laughs> in Gotham. Yes, I like it. I like it. That can be the new one. Yeah, we got a bit excited because we're coming up to uh, season four of Gotham. So what we do when we're excited usually is record a podcast. So we thought we'd uh, give a little bit of a discussion about season four, the previews, and a little bit of feedback on season three overall. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, for season four, you can find us over at Gotham TV Podcast com forward slash iTunes. Uh, go there and subscribe. Leave a review. Um, of course, it always helps. And of course, share the love of Gotham TV podcast uh, to friends and get them to subscribe. But you can also, if you are an Android fan, you can also um, head to any good podcast catcher and search Gotham TV podcast. And we should pop up there. Again, subscribe, leave a review, um, and of course, join our group. The best thing about Gotham is its community all over the world, from what our experiences have been from New York Comic Con through to Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. The community uh, in all its forms is fantastic. So please come on over to Facebook to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we normally have a competition for our uh, for each of our seasons that we've done so far on Gotham. Um, we will be kicking off our new competition as season four begins. We're going to change it up slightly this year. What we're looking for is the line of the week each week. Um, so look out when you're watching episode one of Gotham season four and each of the episodes uh, for your favourite line from any of the cast. Email us over at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com with your favourite line of the week and we'll put you all into a draw. And at the end of the season, we'll pick out a winner of a Gotham-related prize. Yeah, remember, the line of the week can be something emotional, something serious, something important, something Easter eggy. Maybe it links to something in the wider DC, Gotham and Batman uh, world. Or it can be something absolutely hilarious as well. (laughs) Um, You can also send those through our Facebook group as well, if you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, as always, if you want to have your dulcet tones on the podcast, you can send a voicemail. Just go over to gothamtvpodcast.com and click on the Leave Voicemail tab on the right-hand side of the screen. And you can leave up to 90 seconds of thoughts, comments, discussion points, theories, or indeed the line of the week. Absolutely. Um, from each episode. 
I think with that, we're on to a quick recount of season three. Uh, we have a voicemail through from Claire Payne. Season three was definitely full of surprises right until the very last episode. The introduction of Jarvis the Mad Hatter Tetch to the season is one of my favourite moments and characters this season. When we first see him in the Sirens nightclub and see how he uses his hypnotherapy is really quite terrifying. I love how he talks in rhymes and was willing how to let his sister Alice's virus spread through Gotham to make the most sane people become crazy. The virus alone was an interesting addition to season three, seeing how it affected Barnes, Mario, Leslie and Jim, seeing and what aspects of their personality it brought out. Jervis's time in Arkham also brought some of the best scenes in Gotham as he talked to the different characters as they needed their own answers to understand the virus. The return of Jerome was done extremely well. Loved his catch-up conversation with Leslie at the GCPD and I will certainly look at staplers in a very different way. The Court of Arles was also a great story arc and how it affected the characters, especially Bruce Wayne. Catherine was a character with great secrecy but when she needed herself to be known, you certainly didn't forget her and it was really interesting how the court had connections to the different characters in Gotham. Jim finding out his uncle Frank was a member of the court and also they had his father murdered was a good revelation towards the middle of the season. Out of the principal cast, I have found it hard to say who has been a standout character this season. The introduction of grown-up Ivy was done very well and certainly as the season went on I could understand why they needed to make this change. Tabitha grew into a character which I enjoyed more as you really saw the strength but loyalty towards Butch and Barbara. Harvey as always was a strong constant throughout. Corey Michael Smith again showed how talented he is on screen. The Riddler was finally born and it was well worth the wait. Robin Lord Taylor again constantly continued to impress me as Oswald Cobblepot. His campaign for Mayor of Gotham happened earlier in the season than, than I expected it to. I love his narcissistic emotional determination. The two characters that stood out the most for me this season was Bruce and Alfred. David Masseuse took his dramatic acting to a different level. Bruce Doppelganger had a completely different voice to the Bruce we know. David made the two Bruces very believable, getting across on scene, which was outstanding. Bruce's interaction with the shaman and then Rachel Gould was timed perfectly into his next step of becoming the Batman. David's scenes with Cameron Moyahan, Jerome, was also just as intense. Sean Pertry was also outstanding in this season. Sean has this amazing acting ability in his face where you can see he is absorbing every word that Master Bruce is saying to the point you can feel his brain working overtime to how to get Master B out of his next situation. The on-screen relationship is one of the most important ones in Gotham and I'm very delighted the writers have got it right in every way. The only question that didn't get answered, who is Isabella? I don't even see this as a negative point of season three. I just needed a bit more of a dialogue either from Ed or even Isabella herself, where she came from. Then again, maybe we didn't need to know. Overall, season three didn't miss a step and it has developed its character and storylines. It constantly made you ask questions and definitely one of the most binge-worthy television shows out there t today.
I can honestly say I liked every single episode in this season. I have picked out a few that I felt were extra special. Look Into My Eyes, Follow the White Rabbit, Ghost, which is still my personal favourite of all the 22 episodes, The Gentle Art of Making Enemies, How the Riddler Got His Name, Destiny Calling and Heavy Dirty Soul. Thank you so much for those thoughts for season three, Claire. You've been very active throughout the season with your thoughts on each of the episodes. It's great to have a full wrap-up of season three and gives us some good things to talk about for the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, Completely agree on The Court of Owls. Uh, Such a great influence on season three, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely loved how Bruce... um, especially was involved with that, how that led to the shaman and ultimately was uh, a cover really for the League of Shadows. Um, certainly it had massive implications for uh, Bruce's character and his development um, from being simply Bruce Wayne to wanting to do more. You know, it, it the, the Court of Owls along then with the League of Shadows really um, messed with Bruce's mind yeah. where he really then wanted to see how and what he could do within the city of Gotham from all his experiences with the likes of Jerome uh, and other crazy stuff happening in Gotham. Really liked it. Yeah. I think as well, for me, really um, one of the great things to come out of the course of hours was Jim, his father and his uncle. To me, that storyline really was great for Jim Gordon's character. And specifically, one of my favorite episodes was episode 16, these delicate and dark obsessions where we really delve inside Jim's history with his father, his uncle, and with Leslie. Um, I thought it was an excellent thing. I really like that side of Jim's character and how uh, Gotham can bring that out, definitely. Yeah, I really agree with you. That's one of my favorite episodes of the seasons and directed by Ben McKenzie. So um, I, I think when we spoke to Robin Lord Taylor during the year at, at Heroes Villains Fan Fest, he mentioned that having someone like that as your director, someone that's been on the show since the beginning, he's kind of the leader of all of the cast since the beginning of the show. So having someone directing an episode like that gives a different perspective on the show. So um, I think it was a great choice for that to see the development of Jim's character through the eyes of the director, Ben McKenzie. It was quite cool to see. Hopefully we'll get another episode directed by him in the future because it's really, really good. The season overall, exactly as Claire said, has had some fantastic episodes, some great arcs. And I don't think there's one that dropped below kind of a three out of five rating for me this season. We have had one episode per season before now that I've uh, that I've disliked. Um, I've got none in season three. No, same here. I mean, I think as Claire had mentioned the episode 12, Ghosts, was really, uh, really good uh, in, in how that sort of explored uh, Jim as well. And, and with Leslie and Mario, that whole relationship, I thought, was really good uh, with Falcone coming back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think another one, episode 14, The Gentle Art of Making Enemies with Jerome. Oh, I mean, episode. some of those shots in the foreground and, and in the... The, the mirror hall was very, very cool. And of course you have that uh, very comic booky as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really did. And certainly with uh, Jerome's face mask, um, absolutely, <laughs> um, fantastic. His face being stitched back on uh, and being loosened. Yeah. Really cool. I think, um, as well, the birth of the Riddler and how that all intersected with Penguin and Penguin's journey, I think in, in this episode, um, you know, the lot of influences coming back here. Um, a, a lot of conflicts for the Penguin with uh, Ed Nigma. 
with Isabella and then of course with Ed becoming uh, the Riddler uh, and attacking Penguin, but also with Fish Mooney coming back into Penguin's uh, life and, and how that changed his perspective and his understanding that he, like Poison Ivy, um, or Ivy Pepper, I should say, as well as with Firefly and Dr. Fry's, how maybe he is one of the freaks of Gotham as well. Yeah. Uh, so really, really cool. He I seems to really have accepted the Penguin mantle at this stage. It was great to see Fish Mooney back in those first couple episodes of the season and then back at the end of the season. I think that's it for Fish Mooney. I think uh, it's been confirmed she's not going to be here in the show again, unfortunately, because I do really like Jada Pinkett Smith's Fish Mooney. She's been a, a great character throughout, but it's a nice jumping off point now at this stage for the character. Um, Loved the relationship between Ed and Oswald throughout this season. Loved that, you know, the battle between the two of them was what was driving Ed to begin with and what was driving him over the edge. And I love that little twist at the end of the season that effectively Oswald was saying your development into this Riddler that you've decided to call yourself is all based on a lie because you say you became the Riddler the moment you killed me, yet I'm not dead. Um, nice little moment at the end of that season. But it's an interesting point that Claire makes that Isabella's arc in the show, this doppelganger of um, of Christian Kringle, his former love, arrives back into his life out of nowhere. They meet over a night and then she's in a couple of episodes and then gets killed. And this never explained why she looks so like Chris Kringle other than she is the same actress. <laughs> it is the one thing that wasn't answered throughout the season. And unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get that answered. It seems like they just created it within the writer's room and decided that it was going to be in the show. But it was quite interesting to see. And it was something I was expecting to get an answer on through the season. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I think as well, you know, we had the birth of the Riddler. We also saw the introduction of Jervis Tetch. Oh, yes. Um, fantastic. I absolutely loved the Mad Hatter as a character. And I loved the the whole association as the character has with Alice in Wonderland, mm -hmm. with his sister. Um, I, I completely agree uh, with you, Claire, that um, his hypnotism in the Sirens Club at the start, where his eyes go a very deep black if yeah. that can happen uh, was absolutely fantastic and I wish actually we'd seen more of him using that skill and that power of his um, I loved his newspaper top hat uh, <laughs> whilst he was in um, Arkham Asylum really really good and just how uh, the whole Alice storyline and the virus then impacted on Jim Leslie uh, and Captain Barnes as well, I think. Um, and how that became a big driver for this season were, was really cool. And absolutely, the casting of Benedict Samuel in the role of Jervis Tetch was perfect. It was pitch-perfect casting for a character that I know you love, John. You've always wanted to see this character on Gotham. And to have an actor like Benedict Samuel, who I've really only, only seen on The Walking Dead before... Uh, kind of personified this character from the comic books was great. Like the, from from the early stages of him being slightly crazy to him being an Arkham and being even more crazy, he's embodied the character really well. Definitely, and I really can't wait to see him in season four. Mm -hmm. And another person who I really can't wait to see in season four is Rish Al Ghul. Oh yes, um, to have the League of Shadows being introduced here, sort of operating within the shadows behind the Court of Owls, was really very good. Um, I can't wait to see uh, Raish come back uh, into the show and how he interacts with Bruce Wayne um, and probably Alfred as well. I do think Alfred needs to stay away from shop implements uh, in season four. He really um, 
does seem to attract uh, pointy things uh, into his body um, as he's stabbed there in season three by by Bruce, which of course was such an emotional uh, moment. I mean, these two actors really um, are the heart and soul of this show, and I think um, I think as you say, Claire, Sean Pertwee has a fantastic way of expressing thoughts, moments, uh, emotions through his face in such a deep and meaningful way that connects in with Bruce Wayne. And I think that's fantastic, actually. It really is such an important relationship to have that bond between uh, Bruce and Alfred. And I think they do it so, so very well. And they have done from season one uh, all the way through. I do like how now they're moving as well out of Wayne Manor a bit more. <laughs> yes. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we've mentioned it many times on the podcast, but originally the plan for the show was that it was supposed to be a Gotham Central type idea, but also supposed to be based around the police department dealing with the villains of Gotham before Batman arrived, effectively. Um, but it is a total testament to David Mazus and Sean Pertwee that by their abilities and by the things that they did with the small amount of time that they got in the first season, that they've become such central characters to the show all the way throughout um, the last three seasons. I'm really looking forward to season four as we see the development of Bruce into uh, the vigilante of Gotham, the protector of Gotham. Absolutely. And of course, another huge element to the season was the uh, three-episode Jerome arc as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, Cameron Monaghan um, has brought to life Jerome possibly a.k.a. the Joker. Possibly. Um, and I really um, am looking forward to seeing Jerome return for, for season four. Um, you know, as we said before, The Gentle Art of Making Enemies was a fantastic episode. I think we gave it five out of five. Our first ever five yeah. out of five, John. Yep. And it, was, it really was truly something special. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the interaction with Bruce Wayne... Very, very good and, and really significant if Jerome ends up becoming the Joker. Do you know what I'm so glad about with that arc with Jerome? We've seen the character many times now on the show. We've seen him in two other seasons. This is the third season that we've seen Jerome. They didn't kill him off at the end. He was carted off to Arkham, so an easy access to the character for next season. So hopefully we'll get to see him at some point. No announcement yet um, that we will see Jerome back for next season, but I think it would be a mistake to not see the character of Jerome next season. And I think I said during the episodes when we were reviewing those three episodes, I don't care if he's Joker or not. He doesn't need to be Joker. Absolutely. I love that he is this character of Jerome. And a really interesting one during the week this week, I saw Cameron Monaghan um, responding to a fan poll about whether he should play the Joker in the movie version uh, of the character should he take over in the movies as the Joker and I loved the fact that he commented saying well I would but I play him completely differently to the way I play Jerome because Jerome is a reaction to the way Gotham is now and my version of the, jo the Joker would be completely different to the way I play Jerome which I thought was really interesting yeah that's that is really interesting mm. um, but, but fantastic arc throughout the season just want to make one point about the Court of Owls that was really interesting to use them throughout the season because it's, it's a a set of characters that came in very late in the comic books. It's only very recent, a couple of years ago, having the Court of Owls as this background that's always been behind everything. I loved the fact that they, while it did sort of lead to the League of Shadows, I love the fact that the Court of Owls themselves were not directly involved with the League of Shadows, that they aren't controlled by the League of Shadows or didn't know they were, that it is a completely separate organization and it's the heads of the Court of Owls that have been killed. So we can actually see the Court of Owls back in future. They weren't just a front for the League of Shadows. They thought 
that they were in control of Gotham, but in fact they were reporting into somebody who effectively reported to Rachel Ghoul, which I thought was a nice little touch. It doesn't feel like they've thrown away the Court of Elves now. They can definitely use them again as some other leaders of the court may rise back up. In absolutely, absolutely. And of course, it was also good to see the Talons there oh, yeah. as well. They were really interesting, right? They were like Cato from, uh, from yeah. the old Green Hornet. Yeah, really good, really good. <laughs> but I think um, enough with looking back and we should look forward to season four. And of course, we've had... Uh, about three previews that have come up, one from San Diego Comic-Con, um, but also then uh, some promotional previews from Fear to the Dark Knight from Gotham yes. in the build-up to season four, beginning on the 21st of September. Absolutely. Before we go into those, just quickly a little piece of feedback um, about San Diego Comic-Con from Claire Payne again. At San Diego Comic-Con 2017, Ben McKenzie was asked by TV Line what character Jim Gordon was going to become by the end of season three, as he had made a surprise announcement at San Diego Comic-Con 2016. Ben said Jim was going to become Talon, but it was decided halfway through filming the season that it wasn't the direction that they wanted to go with. Hope we have now managed to catch up with all the gossip from San Diego Comic-Con 17 and seen the, the teaser trailer for season four. Can't wait. Many thanks, Claire. Just interesting that we were mentioning the talon, talons at the end of season three. So there was a point that Ben McKenzie thought he was going to be a talon for the Court of Owls. I think that would have changed his character a bit too much. I'm kind of glad that they took that out of the show for season three. I liked his arc in the show, but I can totally see where it could have gone. Yeah, definitely. Talon. I think um, it would have required a different kind of approach to Jim's story for season three for that to happen. But uh, yeah. Really uh, interesting to see the talons. It would have been interesting to see Jim as a talon, for sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, we have been avoiding the previews because we were still covering Gotham Season 3 when uh, when San Diego Comic-Con happened this year. We had hoped that we would have finished our Season 3 coverage by that stage, but we hadn't. So I think we can go on and talk about the first preview that we saw, the San Diego Comic-Con sizzle reel and preview for Season 4. Yeah, I think for the, the preview for Season 4 uh, on, on that uh, San Diego Comic-Con a little sizzle reel. It was really good to see Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle as well effectively go very street oh, yeah. here. Um, you know, they are now patrolling the, the streets of Gotham, it would seem. And I, I really in, enjoyed the voiceover from Alfred where he is talking to Bruce. Obviously, Bruce is still figuring out this kind of vigilante um kind of role that he's decided to take on but i really enjoyed alfred's um voiceover of there is a time for bruce wayne and there is a time for the mask oh yeah uh, you know that's a really important thing that that sort of duality of, of bruce's character that he must maintain his bruce wayne identity as well as becoming this vigilante um and obviously moving forward as he uh, becomes the the Batman. Not that we'll see that in season four necessarily, but I mean for the future of, of that character. Yeah. And one of the cool things I have to say about this preview was it does show how dark season three of Gotham was. It was interesting going week to week through uh, through the episodes. So there's a lot of been lots of lightness in there from Bullock and from other things that were going on in each of the episodes. Lots of fun little moments throughout the season, but overall quite a dark arc for Gotham for season three. But it was cool to see it all in a, a three or four minute sizzle reel that showed you that there was actually some quite heavy darkness that went through season three. Yeah. And um, we also see Barbara alive looking very pale as well. That was one of my, one of my points, my notes that I took, which is just no one stays dead or frozen in Gotham, really. <laughs> they bring back 
characters from season one in this in this here. We see that Jonathan Crane's going to be coming back, played by Charlie Tahan uh, from season one, which is a great idea. Yeah, really looking forward to that. The Scarecrow, again, I think one of uh, my real favourite uh Batman villains. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to see the Scarecrow back here and um, looking to bring fear and chaos a bit to Gotham as well within this season. Who else will we see come back uh, from the dead potentially? Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it is slightly spoilerific, but um, if you have been following closely to uh, Gotham, we will know that Butch Gilzean transforms into um, a big walking zombie of Salomon Grundy. Yes, Salomon Grundy will be coming back. I think it's been confirmed now that he's coming back uh, in episode five of season four. So uh, looking forward to seeing this version of the character. I love that they've taken a character like Butch Gilzean, who's been right there from the first episode uh, when he was harassing Oswald Co- Cobblepot, the umbrella boy for Fish Mooney. And now he's becoming a comic book character so uh, I think I, I saw recently that he's looking forward to getting his own action figure which he never thought he would get for Gotham so uh, yeah very cool like a very cool that's cool um, but I think with talking of people coming back from the dead the other preview for Gotham where it learns what it means to fear very heavily focused here on Scarecrow terrorizing Gotham oh yes and um, a lot of craziness going on um, guy almost with a a, a clown face uh, pinning Jim up against the wall. We also see Rachel Ghoul uh, coming from the Lazarus Pit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to see that he will be coming back for season four. Um, we have Ed in the ice, uh, you know, that reminder to the Penguin of not to undermine himself with having feelings for other people. Yeah. But I think we also probably, whilst we don't see him, we do see Ed out of the ice um, in Penguin's reaction yes. uh, to an empty ice sculpture, I would say. I would say so. Um, yeah. You know, so really, really we wouldn't last that long in the ice, didn't, didn't we? Wouldn't uh, You can't have that character just standing there for, you know, 22 episodes of this season. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, there's also... Um, we see Barbara with a lot of guns behind her. And yeah. it reminded me of the ogre um, and the ogre's apartment uh, from season one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just wonder whether she is using that as her base now or whether maybe it's just in terms of the set. But yeah. i really interested to see um, who Barbara is going to become uh, and whether that is going to impact on Tabitha. We know Tabitha and Selina there are, are hooking up, but there is this suggestion that maybe it's the sirens, but will Barbara forgive and forget for uh, what Tabitha uh, did? But certainly, you know, another interesting little twist here, I think, for season four. Yeah, it's quite interesting that Barbara could have replaced the S&M gear with guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> yeah, lots of guns. But I think the two of those characters are kind of even Stevens right now, right? So they're they're pretty square. Uh, she killed Butch and um, Tabitha took outer anger on Barbara by killing her. So I think they're kind of even Stevens. Hopefully yeah. they'll, they'll forgive each other. But also, when um, Solomon Grundy returns, will there be any recollection of, of Barbara uh, and Tabitha? Will Solomon Grundy go after uh, Babs here? Um, and ultimately, 
who is the most dead or the most likely to be resurrected each time? You know, Salman Grundy is probably the the best bet there. So will it be a losing battle for Babs? Um, be interesting to see. And will Salman Grundy remember Tabitha? Will his memory be wiped um, of everything to do with Butch? Or, or will, um, you know, there be some recollection there of Tabitha? Well, it was a bullet to the head. And as proud Drew Pell supporters, I'm, I'm delighted that he's a character that will always come back to life from now on. That's quite cool. Uh, one of the little tidbit that was in there in the trailer um, was a mention that Penguin has now been the king of the underworld for two months um, and he walks to the GCPD to tell them that they can no longer protect the city of Gotham. So it looks like he's going to build on top of what he did in the past as mayor of Gotham uh, to lead the city away from the villains. He's going to be the one that will try and protect the city of Gotham as opposed to the GCPD again. Yeah, because from season three, we did have that moment where Penguin kind of harks back to Falcone's notion of... Uh, the, the, the criminals and the mob bosses having a code with which to work by and, and that that's kind of been lost. So is he taking up that mantle? Um, I think as well, we do see Bruce continuing his vigilante uh, role on the streets of Gotham, taking down another um, kind of two bad guys. But we also see him caught in the headlights, or should I say torchlight here. And that's kind of really interesting, you know, because he's got the mask off as well, so it's clearly Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who that is. But um, as well, maybe he gets a little upgrade here with um, his costume. Because um, we do see Lucius here uh, in the GCPD with Bruce and Alfred saying, did you get into a fight? Mm -hmm. So is that the start of this wonderful relationship that we saw from the Nolan films between Lucius uh, and the Waynes um, here and Alfred as well. Yeah. Um, I do remember that really great bar scene between Alfred and Lucius from season two, uh, which was just fantastic in, in terms of um, the whole scene and, and how the two of them were kind of uh, cautiously um, working each other out uh, with a few threats as well thrown in from, from, uh, from Alfred in case uh, Lucius wasn't someone to be trusted and would harm uh, little Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I was stuffing up like a kipper, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like a kipper. Um, yeah, really good. And talking about the Bruce series, I think we need to go on to the third and final preview that we've seen so far for Gotham Season 4. Uh, all of these previews, I'll, I'll make sure that we have the links to them up on the website. If you haven't seen them, just pop on there and you can you can watch each of these previews. But the last one is the aftermath of Season 3 for Bruce Wayne. Uh, he develops into The Dark Knight is effectively what this is what's happening here. It seems like this season is going to be talking about Bruce as the vigilante. Um not not Batman, definitely not Batman just yet, but it's going to be interesting to see him take on this um this approach. So we do see a repeat in this uh, in this trailer of the of him saving the child at the end and parents at the end of season 3 and it looks like another family who are under attack. So it seems like this is firstly going to be his MO, his modus operandi is to be protective of the families of Gotham who are being attacked and targeted by the villains of Gotham. Definitely. Um, yeah, it seems as though he is out to get muggers, really, uh, and, and those types of criminals. But I wonder where that will lead him to, to, to more um, sort of dangerous criminals that he, he will find here. Because mm. um, certainly there is uh, a kind of suggestion here that Bruce will meet Scarecrow, will meet... Jonathan Crane yeah. here. And, and it will be interesting to see whether uh, Bruce gets sprayed with the fear toxin that seems to 
um, have been shown here in, in, in these previews of, of the Scarecrow. And whether that brings up the bat issue for Bruce Wayne and his fear of bats and him having to effectively overcome that and use it as a symbol of terror against his enemies, um, which is such a, a large theme within um, the Batman development arc, really. Yeah, yeah. I think I have this as a bit of a theory for the next season because we haven't seen bats for the first three seasons. Yes, I would hasten to add, I did just steal that from Derek's theory. <laughs> That's Sorry. All right. That's all right. Uh, but I'm, I'm just intrigued since we haven't seen bats for the first three seasons of Gotham. We've seen no connection with them. We haven't seen the scene that, we've, that was in the films where Bruce falls into a pit of bats as a child. Um, this would be a good opportunity for them to say, we now have the scarecrow and he's going to ha- have a permanent damaging effect on Bruce, uh, where he is now afraid of bats and he overcomes that at some point in this season and then uses it as his uh, draw into becoming the Batman in future. So I think yeah. that would be quite cool if they did that and, and brought in um, the Scarecrow as being part of the creation of Batman. We also see him moving from his balaclava and sort of duffel coat to maybe more of a, a suit uh, and the influence of Lucius Fox here as well. So. Yeah. And, and again, he's engaging with, with a lot of villains here. And I, I love the voiceover where he's saying, I feel more alive than ever. So, mm. you know, I wonder whether he's getting a bit of a, an adrenaline junkie here. With that uh, and it'll be interesting, you know, is Alfred trying to just sort of peg him back from his, his role here as a vigilante or whether... You know, training ramps up in Wayne Manor uh, because he definitely needs to to deal with more dangerous criminals that he encounters. Yeah, it's interesting. Alfred has always been a supporter of Batman and Bruce throughout the comic books. What we've seen in this show is that Alfred has been holding Bruce back a little bit to give him more training so that he didn't go out and do this kind of thing early on. And then the two of them have become kind of joined at the hip and with Alfred as a supporter of him. So he's still very protective of Bruce. Uh, make sure that he doesn't want to get, doesn't go and get himself killed, obviously. But will he still be supportive and the protector of Bruce throughout season four as he goes on this mission as a vigilante? How does this? How does their relationship change and mold so that Alfred is supportive but also protective again throughout season four? That'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. Some really good trailers, some really good stuff there for season four, and really looking forward to it starting on the 21st of September. Yeah, and we've had some feedback on some of these uh, trailers as well. Mm. Uh, Our first one comes from Jason Wiley. In the promo images and trailers for season four, we see Bruce donning various disguises as a masked vigilante. But here's one question. When will Bruce encounter the bats? It's great for us to finally have some early Batman stuff on the show, but how and when will the Bat identity be triggered? Yeah, certainly I think at the moment our working theory is that the Scarecrow and the Fear Toxin may have something to do with the Bats. And maybe, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether we get that sort of iconic image of him falling down the well into the Batcave. And hopefully the the bat fireplace will also come back here. Maybe that they find an additional doorway um, and it goes down into a larger cave filled with bats. Um, maybe, that would be maybe. kind of interesting as well yeah. to really sort of reconnect with the, the secret passage from the, the study in Wayne Manor. Yeah. Um, and I think that will trigger um, this start of the bat identity. But I think to begin with, 
it is most likely to be one of fear that will eventually, maybe not even in this season, um, move to a more positive identity for what is to become the Batman. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, recently they've said that they're hoping that the show can go on for a very, very long time. So they don't want to trigger Batman too early, uh, obviously. But I would like to see the Bats in there. I know I think it's Batman Year One, which is what season four is going to be based on a little bit more. Um there is a moment in that where a bat flies into the study of his, of Bruce Wayne's father, uh, while Bruce is in there and he gets a bit of a surprise about the bat being in there. And that's what triggers the memory of him falling into the well as a child. So that could be easily what they could be using within this season. And um, there's also going to be a lot of the season based on the long Halloween, one of my favorite and one yeah. of our favorite uh, Batman, um, comic books. So if you haven't read either of those, definitely get it. If you get a chance to go out and read them before the 21st of, uh, of September, I think it's going to give, a nice little bit of background for this season. Yeah, definitely go out and uh, buy those uh, comic runs. Uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, we also have some feedback from Annalise Reichner-Peters. Uh, I hope this will be the season Alfred escapes a trip to the hospital <laughs> or a stabbing because it's honestly starting to get a bit predictable that he'll get injured. Where did all of his SAS training go? That's the question I ask myself every time he's gotten injured with the exception of the bit at the end of season three. Yeah. I've been most excited for Scarecrow and loving the fact that he wasn't recast uh, as was happened with Ivy and Firefly. I'm just hoping that he'll be treated more like Jervis and come in throughout the season instead of giving him a few episodes at the beginning and then we never see him again. Mm. Speaking of Jervis, I do hope we see him continue to pop up from time to time and I sadly missed him throughout season three when he was not appearing for a long stretch after ending up in Arkham. Um, yeah, I could, I really um, am with you there, Annalise, on this. I... Really enjoyed uh, Jonathan Crane in season one. Um, I thought it was great casting. Uh, I loved the imagery of the Skirker outside the, the Crane family house. I missed him in season two, I have to be honest, yeah. uh, and season three. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him come into the back into the Gotham world here for season four. And like you say, I hope that they treat him in the same way as Jerome uh, Jervis, but that they give him some good um, meaty run of of uh, stories uh, over a run of episodes. And I hopefully that they do that as well for Jervis. I loved his um, his run in season three absolutely uh, and it was a shame that he kind of became a bit more sporadic as the season went on yeah yeah but i do like that they have these characters that they can kind of pull out of mothballs after every you know six or eight episodes or a whole two seasons like we've got for jonathan crane here um where they can pull them out and go these are still inhabitants of gotham and now they have a storyline with them for a few episodes i think scarecrow's going to show up at the beginning of the season um i think he's coming in straight away in episode one or towards the end of episode one uh, and episode two and three are the rest of the arc so really interested to see that the last we saw of Jonathan Crane was him screaming in a bed surrounded by the scarecrow um, that was scaring him so much so really intrigued to see him take on that mantle I think it looks like from the previews that they're really going down the, down the path of the Christopher Nolan uh, mask for, uh, oh, for Scarecrow it looks very similar to the way he did in that in the Batman trilogy. So really looking forward to seeing that. Thanks so much, Annalise and Jason and Claire for your feedback so far. If you want to get in contact with us for any feedback for season four of Gotham, all you need to do is email us over at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or leave a voicemail through gothamtvpodcast.com. As John mentioned, right-hand side panel, you can leave a voicemail of up to 90 seconds of your thoughts on any of the episodes of season four. Yeah, and 
of course, pop along over to the, our Facebook group. Please join us there over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. And of course, importantly for season four, uh, please come on and subscribe to the podcast over at gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes uh, and join us over on Apple Podcasts for season four of Gotham or any other good or evil podcast catcher um, on the Android platform. Come on over and search Gotham TV Podcast. Subscribe, share the love. Absolutely, we are. It is most important that we are a podcast above anything else. So all of our thoughts, you can hear them on our podcasts each week as we go through. We're going to try and get each of the episodes out uh, on Sunday each week. Now that the uh, that the episodes have moved to a Thursday night, we'll try and get ep- every episode out to by Sunday uh, each week. So hopefully you can join us throughout season four. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, exactly. Perfect day, kick back with the Sunday papers, uh, chill with a coffee, and, and listen to our dulcet tones as we discuss all things season four of Gotham. It has been 102 episodes. I think we're pretty dulcet tones uh, for, <laughs> for our thoughts. Thank you again, Gothamites, for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, it is a pleasure talking with you. And we will be back for Gotham season four, episode one, Pax Penguina. Uh, which airs on the 21st of September. So yes, we cannot wait for season four of Gotham to come back and we will speak with you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.